Brisbane may be stuck at the bottom of the A-League ladder, but that won't stop us from declaring this as a celebratory edition of the Brisbane Football Review, as the Socceroos are off to Russia! Yippee! <laughs> James Scott and Adam are with you to go through all of the events for the past week as part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Scott, you're going to have to put your shirt back on now. Okay, I'll try. I'll try to, alright? Okay. I would like to point out yeah. that right now, Scott and I are in fact both wearing our Socceroos yeah. jerseys. Adam is letting the team down. Yeah. He's dressed like a grown-up. He's got yeah. the Honduras shirt on with the blue and the white. Oh, that, that's, that's completely... It comes with <laughs> and also he hasn't got the giant H logo on it. <laughs> well, uh, my only hope out of that is now for the upcoming World Cup and she just gets a giant A on it. Yeah, green and gold jacket with the A, I reckon, absolutely. <laughs> All right, but before that, we've got to get into segment one and talk about last Saturday night's A-League game. Now, we're not going to waste too much time on this because it was five days ago, but it's still worth mentioning. And we don't like talking about Melbourne victory either. Yes. So what was left of the Brisbane Raw travel down to, <laughs> was it Eddie Had Stadium to face Melbourne yep. victory? And managed to come away with a 1-1 draw that kind of left me feeling both disappointed and happy, if that's possible. No, it is. It's kind of a weird one because the way both sides were going into the game, it was a massive opportunity. But the way the game went with victory going ahead so late, you'd take the draw every day of the week with the, the fighting spirit to come back. I think you almost felt that, you know, moments for kick-off, the wheels were really falling off, you know, when yeah. Ben Carfala got ruled yeah. out. Um, but look, you know, credit to the boys. They um, they put in probably one of their better performances uh, mm. this year. And look, I think they'll be satisfied with a point, you know, I guess in the, in the short term, but, you know... Still winless is not good. Well, I would like to point out that I think in the 45 minutes I was out running before the game, it actually turns out that I think they lost two more players that were supposed to be starting. Ben Calfula was out ill, I think it was. In the warm-up, Ben Calfula went down with a slight knock. And I think as I was going out, I heard that Jade North was out ill. Yeah, I think he travelled, actually. Either way, that (laughs) like when you lose two fairly important starters in the build-up to kick-off... Not really the site you want to come no. back and see. Well, no. I, I think uh, five five changes from that staying lineup at kickoff from the previous week. It, you got you got questions to build. You got question whether you know, like I said, it, it's it's yeah. really disruptive. And you know, I think at the end of the day, I think the result was actually a decent result. And so those changes to clarify, it was North Ingham, Oxborough, Holman, and Ben Calfell are all out. Now Holman was actually uh, rested just in terms of lack of fitness. Um, and then in came Jacob Pepper, Connor O'Toole, Joe Coletti, Pettis Capetis, and Nick D'Agostino. And you know what? Yeah. The first two names I read there, I thought were probably yeah. two of the Raw's most impressive players. Jacob Pepper came in yeah. and did his job perfectly as a fill-in centre-back. I think a lot of people would have been very, very nervous when they saw his name yep. on the team sheet. And then when they realised he was at centre-back, they would have been even more nervous. But he was absolutely brilliant at centre-back. I don't think he put a foot wrong. No, I, Particularly when you look at who was playing alongside of him. He was brilliant. And Connor O'Toole... They targeted him in the first 20 minutes. They targeted him, tried to get down to his side, and he stood up. So fair play to him. He did really well as yeah, well. Yeah, no, look, it's, uh, I guess it's, and I guess at times of where there's a lot of, you know, angst and whatnot, it's good to see yeah. some of the lesser lights and I guess the ones you don't expect to stand yeah. up. And I think that that's obviously going to have, you know, ramifications as far as, you know, you know, I guess morale for the team. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is actually what Brett Holman had to say about the performance of the young boys in the team. Look, if you take the positives out of that, you see uh, you know some young boys getting on on the weekend. You know, Adam Sawyer came off the bench and made his debut. Connor, I thought, did, did amazingly well uh, uh, at left back. Um, unfortunate for the boys who were injured, but the, but on the other hand, if you see uh, you know some of the other boys working really working hard and and, and to get a chance and do really well, then uh, you know that happens in football as well. And I honestly think they deserve all the credit they get. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think, um, look, at, at the end of the day, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a shining example to some of the, the players that we could probably expect a little bit more from that you stand up yeah. in future weeks. But, you know, it, it's, you know, it's very good. And, and, and it's a good thing for Jacob Pepper as well. He's been pretty much maligned for last, yeah. you know, ever since he signed for the Raw. So for him to actually put a good game, you know, I think that'd be good for him. And furthermore, on the praise of Jacob Pepper, like, at, for his role in the squad, that's what he needs to come in and do. Like yeah. he is essentially the fourth choice central midfielder in a, I suppose now the an emergency defender. Back, yeah. But you know he came in, did his job. I'm not yeah. sure how I'd feel about him there every week for the rest of the season. But yeah, I think the more if yeah. he was there for two or three months, he might start to be exposed. But for this one game where we saw it, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no complaints about that. And it gives John Aloisi some questions. Some interesting questions coming up as players start to come back. Certainly. Now, one of the things that I suppose really jumped out to me from this game is the referee, Chris Griffiths-Jones, I believe it was. And for me, it felt like it was a game that could have really gotten out of hand, but he made a concerted effort to not only cut out a lot of the, I suppose, immature crap, but he wanted to keep the game 11 on 11, and I actually quite admired that. Oh, look, you know, we, like I said, he's, he's made a few clangers over the years, as, as all of the referees. But look, he, he probably consistently is probably one of the better referees in the league. And I think that for that reason, I think he's got the respect of the players and he does allow the game to flow and whatnot without going too stupid, too crazy, you know, give out cautions when they, they need to be, not because of the sake of it. He's one of those guys that does seem to have a great read of the game. Anyway, so as we mentioned, the uh, second half... Uh, Thea Harris came on for the victory. He looked and really good, didn't he? Christian totally Thea changed Harris, the game. Yeah. He, and, he and Leroy George looked their best players out of that side. The rest of them look a little bit like the Raw have been not quite clicking yet, but those two were really good. Well, Barisha was really quiet, and I think that goes yeah. down to the performance of the Raw's centre-backs, but also did kind of seem like he might have been a little bit too wound up. You know how sometimes he had that sort of drive at Brisbane where he missed a little bit and maybe push too much to try and get himself back in and make up for the time away. Yeah, but Brisbane, when he did that, he got sent off as well. Yeah. That's the problem. But no, he did have a quiet game, though. Yeah. Bruce, I mean, he had one chance, and he took it brilliantly, which is the sign of a class striker, but yeah, you're right. But that lead for the victory wasn't going to last too long, as, yeah, Jack Hingett's cross would find unmarked Brett Holman in the six-yard box to tap in, so... It was a case of substitutes really working well. It was actually that uh, that right hand side of seeing all the action in the second half because it was it was Thea Harris that, that beat Hingert to get that get that ball and that sequence with Leroy George for Barisha to score. But then it came down the outside where sort of Hingert sort of redeemed himself in a way and that, that final cross to find uh, Brett Holman to equalise. So And underrated here was a very smart play by I believe it was Ramadak Bari. Yes. He took his first touch and looked like he was about to get the ball and just step back and let the flying yeah, Hingert get on the end of it. Absolutely. And because the victory defenders were closing in on Akbari and it just allowed Hingert to yeah. fly by and get into space to put the cross in. And that's a move we haven't really seen much this year of the fullbacks getting making those guys actually getting the ball and then getting a cut back across. That's an old school Brisbane Raw move. Hopefully we see more of it. Hopefully. I liked it. Now, the draw, not ideal for either side. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's kind of the big disappointment out of it all, but. 
look, you've got to be happy with a point and the fact that they were able to battle back. It's weird, though. Yeah. No wins. You shouldn't really be celebrating yeah. a draw, but... Oh, look, take, take the uh, glass yeah. half-full approach. We're unbeaten in three games. <laughs> well, that's the so, thing. Are we unbeaten in three games or are we winless in ten? That's, that's the... <laughs> because the, there's the half-glass yeah, empty If version. you want to take the half-glass empty version and start looking at crises, ten games without a mm. win is, for <laughs> any club in any competition, is a big crisis. But on the back of that performance, it doesn't look at quite as bad. Maybe we should look at the three games unbeaten, as Adam pointed out. <laughs> well, and also the fact that they've had to battle in each of those yeah. three games. Like, what was the first draw? Was it... Uh, the Wellington 3-0. Yeah, Wellington 3-0. So they had to come back from 3-0 yeah. down there. Central Coast at home on the Sunday. Oh, that, that, look, that form line, so we can get to it surely, is actually holding up pretty well at the moment. So. And now you have to come from behind in a city that you do not have a good nice. record in. So I it's think something. people would have taken the draw before the game, if I'm being honest. I think, yeah. If yeah. you're going through... Like, yeah, at the yeah. start of the season, why not? But it does seem to be like the Raw are really working themselves out of a fitness crisis at the moment. Yeah, that's the real crisis, not the results, it's the fitness one. And this is actually what Brett Holman had to say about that on Tuesday. It was frustrating just for the fact that I did the majority of the pre-season and, the, and, the, and you know, we went down to Ballarat, obviously, for that Melbourne game. Um, had a little slight uh, calf strain, which, which sent me back and, and, you know, you know that's the toughest part because you have to be super fit to be in this in, in this league and um if, if you're not if you're not fit then then you know you're always going to be second best so um you know i'm feeling good um it's just you know like i said with 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 some of the, the injuries we have had it's it's more uh, you know being a lot more precautious now and 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 you know worrying about uh, you know not just this game but but the next five games in in, in that sense and we should actually thank the raw for that audio yeah. because we were all at our day jobs during yeah. these press conferences <laughs> so that is actually quite nice um yeah i i don't know i'm kind of torn where it was good but could have been better oh look that's exactly it. now what we're not we're not there yet because if if, if, we, if we want to celebrate it would be a win but look against you know, in a place we've got a very poor record against you know despite them being in the same positions we are like there's undoubtedly they've got quality in the victory just it hasn't come together so Look, you'd be happy with the draw at the moment, but I don't know if this whole, you know, let's let's you know get a point at a time. will you know, in a couple of weeks' time, will be you know, no. worthy. You know, yes. But on the injury thing, though, it's interesting because there's a lot of players injuries injured right now, and I'm, I, I think it's interesting to see why there's so many injured players because there's a lot. Is it is it something change in the medical physio backroom team? Is it a change in the training? Is it the topic Adam doesn't like with the training field? I know they train on the oh, Ballymore inside God. field now. Yeah. Well, what I don't, it's an interesting thing to work out why there's so many injuries at the moment. Well, look, I'm not a physio by any yeah. stretch of the imagination, but I'm just looking through the unavailable list for this weekend yeah. coming. You've got a finger injury, so you assume that's impact yeah. or something and yeah. not a thing. International duty, can't blame him for that. He's doing well. Knee, knee. Mm-hmm. And then an you've AC, got... You're talking about balls, that's an ACL. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um... Then you've got hamstring, 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 uh, gro- hamstring, hamstring, groin, and then a broken foot. So, you know, <laughs> half of those injuries seem like they're impact ones. Yeah. You always wonder about the muscle, t- soft yeah. tissue injuries, but... Particularly the ones that drag on as well. Yeah. yeah. Which seems to be, Thomas Christensen seems to have been out to have for a very long time now. That's right. All right, so we're going to go quickly through the other games this weekend, or well, last weekend. Uh, Central Coast 2-0 over Sydney FC. Well done. Uh, Paul O'Connor mm. sent a request and he wants you to cut the horses at the moment. Hell no. 
the second most overplayed song in all of sports behind yeah. Seven Nation Army. Oh, that's that the other now. thing that we can all hate on the victory for. They use Seven Nation Army, so as far as I'm concerned, they deserve every loss they, they get. They also <laughs> use horses when they win, which is why you haven't heard it oh, this year. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's a fan terror song I've been told when they win. So. Since when did that song become a public domain song? Stupid hipsters in the fan oh, terror. <laughs> <Moving> on. <laughs> Newcastle Jets 2-1 over Adelaide United. Look, Jets yeah. top of the ladder. <laughs> the Jets are going really well. We should take Roll Under the Mariners. That was a great performance oh. as well. But the Jets are going really well. This was a good performance. Yeah, ma- imagine, if, imagine if Roy Donovan buried a few of his chances in the second yeah. half. That, that score yeah. line could be a lot now, worse. Now... I was at the Bullets game during this, but did this really happen? Wellington 5, Perth 2? I don't know. I was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly it didn't. <laughs> okay, we'll assume that it's yeah. not fake news yep. then. No, okay. And terrible. then we've got Melbourne City 1-1 against Western Sydney Wanderers. Bizarre incident with the uh, kickoff being delayed. Oh, this is ridiculous. It's the net. Oh, that's peak alien incompetence right there if you just go back and watch that. Ridiculous. Yeah, oh, I was trying to remember the last time I saw a game get held up for a broken net, and I think it was Theo Walcott for Arsenal against Blackburn in 2011. I do know, I remember John Ellis, scored four Sydney against Perth, and the net wasn't properly in, and the ball went through the hole in the net. It was a goal, but it went through the hole in the net, and they had to, took a while to work it out, so I remember that. All right, so we are going to move on quickly and just discuss the W League here at the end of segment one, because unfortunately, we couldn't watch the Raw this weekend. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, <laughs> but you know maybe it was a good sign they did win over Western Sydney. I did 1-0. listen to the radio coverage from Western Sydney though, and it sounded like the Raw put in a really good away performance because the Wanderers had a couple, a few chances according to the commentary. Whether the commentary was a little bit biased, not I don't know, but the Wanderers sounded like they had a few chances and the Raw held out, which is good. Excellent. And I did see the goal. It was one of those free kicks where everyone just completely missed it. Oh, I love because the Raw shared it on Saturday. I think it was. So. That was funny. Yeah. Look, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's a good good confidence boost of rebounding after a big loss. So, and they they seem to be the the road warriors at the moment. Yeah. yeah the um, Raw ladies. So get to Suncorp Stadium this Friday. Let's definitely <laughs> do that because it's Tamika Butt's 100th mm, yes. W League game, the second Raw player to get there. Tremendous achievement. All right. So what we're going to do now? Uh, yeah, Friday. Just a quick look ahead. Good record against Adelaide United. Nine wins, two draws, two losses. And one two at Suncorp yep. Stadium. That's a good yeah, start. That's a good start. And then the other round four fixtures, Melbourne City against Sydney FC, Newcastle Jeez. Jets versus Canberra United, Perth Glory against Melbourne Victory. But truthfully, <laughs> all we really care about is Tamika Butt's 100th game. Absolutely. Yep. And we're going to leave it with a quote about Tamika Butt for her 100th game. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Uh, what's the feelings ahead of 100 games? You must be excited. Yeah, definitely excitement. Um, been waiting a long time for this, I think 10 years in the making, so definitely excited and, and um, honoured to do it with Brisbane. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review Soccer Celebration Special. James Scott and Adam with you for the DFS Australia Fan Network. And we're going to get into some of the news stories that have happened in the last eight days since we recorded. And actually, we've got to start off by celebrating a little bit of an anniversary, Adam. Yes, uh, it was uh, one year ago since James blew up the studio. We're going to talk about my favourite four things. Before <laughs> Scott got here. <laughs> yeah, because it was after the Socceroos Thailand game. We were in there... I actually think it was actually a good thing that we lost the audio of that segment because I think we were at about half an hour yeah. talking about how frustrating they were. Yeah. Anyway, we just had to mark that <laughs> very special occasion. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to uh, start off with what was a fairly big story last week, and it feels like a year ago now. Ivan Franich returns to the Raw. It's a tremendous signing, isn't it? It really is. I mean, on paper, he's one of the better right-backs in the league. And when, when they get him fit and ready to go, he should be a fantastic addition. At the Honestly, point. one of my favourite players yeah. from that yep. championship-winning squad. A just key part of that side, too. Yeah. yeah. One, one, one of my favourite players, full stop. You know, it's, and it's good to, see, good to see him back. I don't know if... Jack Hingott's so pleased to see him yeah. back, but look, I, I but as, as back in those yeah. days, the, I'm sure it could work together. So, well, I always go back to the yeah. Mike Mulvey solution yeah. where you yeah. had Hingott playing right back and Franich at right wing. Yeah, now, so that's because Halloran wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whereas there are better wing options. It than is Halloran. interesting though because Halloran. Hingott seemed to yeah. establish himself as that first choice option, and there's Danning him as well as a right back. So there's a a lot of options now there for that position. It's interesting to see how that shakes out. Competition, yeah. Why not? But, but also as well, maybe maybe Dane Ingham might be sort of destined to be more of a left back cover for Corey Brown. So you got Conor O'Toole as well. Yeah, so and yeah, and Conor O'Toole's all bad. So yeah. it's actually, believe it or not, it sounds like selection headaches almost. Yeah. Once once we get everyone back on the park, full back anyway. Maybe hmm. we, maybe one of them can move to centre back. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, and also we were trying to work out what jersey number he yeah. wore. I think I was thinking number twelve, maybe. What else was available? Is it? 15 is available. 15 is available, that's right. He went with 77. Yeah. As you, as you, <laughs> well, I, I picked 42, so I went over close to the pin. Yeah, you, you win that one. I think it's also fair to say he's the first player to wear number 77. In A-League history. He might also be the only one to ever wear it. Yeah, actually, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone else will be wearing it. Anyway. Anyway, a not-so-fun story. Uh, well, legal issues between the club and Mark Kingsman over unpaid East Coast car rental sponsorship. That came out this morning. Okay, I wasn't aware of that part of it. Okay, so I'm just going to load up the story now to show Scott. But basically, <laughs> it's to do with the dismissal of former managing director Mark Kingsman, who, what was it, last month that that happened? Uh, October 16th, yeah, it was last I month. It is interesting, because I remember when David Pure came in, he said all the commercial deals that had been signed would be honoured. So I was surprised when we saw it had been replaced. And the link is blocked by the paywall. Thank you, oh, Career Mail. Have fun. Yeah. Well, that's Marco, we're grateful you mentioned that too when he listens to this, no doubt. Yes, Marco, if you're listening to us, and <laughs> I'm sure that you are, please do us a favour and uh, unlock that for us. Because <laughs> we are stingy here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so all that has meant that East Coast Car Rentals has been replaced as a back of shirt sponsored by Luxury Paints. Yep. It's a bit, bit of Back to the Future stuff. With yeah. the uh, and... Yeah, the Barradell boys back in... Yeah, a long-time yeah. Brisbane Raw sponsor and owner at one stage as well, so it's good to have yep. them back in the, yep. the Brisbane Raw fold. Only thing is, it does mean that my jersey... Well, the two jerseys I bought this year are now out of date, so oh, might have to do something about it. It's called a them. collector's item. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like the um, 07 08 jersey I got before the coffee club came on as sponsors. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah, that's enough on that. You know, some people like the jerseys without the sponsors. That's why I bought the one without the front of shirt <laughs> yeah, sponsor. Exactly. All right, so there was a ticket pricing update. Now... It's kind of went a little bit under the radar for us earlier this week, but in essence, it seems like single-game ticket prices have been dropped. That's It's good, because I think the crowds they haven't been terrible, all things considered, but they've been slightly down. So anything you can do to try and adjust that is probably a good thing. Yeah, look, um, like I said, I, I, again, we were talking yeah. before before the show, and it's a case of I wasn't even aware that there was was tier yeah. ticket pricing in, in effect. So it, it came actually a bit of a surprise, yeah. and I'm surprised that not much more has been made of this. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, that's a bit... Hang on, just got a message. I get distracted easily now. It's my, <laughs> it's my squirrel moment. Uh, yeah, so, what we're... 
I don't mind the idea of tiered ticket pricing. It just doesn't really work in a stadium like Suncorp. I don't think no. it just work. it works Australian football full stop. You know, wait till we actually start getting full houses to the point where you got waiting lists and all. Then that may work, with the exception of perhaps you know the Sydney derbies once once um, Wanderers move into Parramatta. But that you took that right out yeah. of my mouth. <laughs> we spoke about. It, so. <laughs> Sorry for stealing your point. That's okay. All right, so. Probably the saddest story to come out of the week for yes. Australian football is Liam Miller, the yes. former Raw midfielder. Is and now first pr- glory midfielder as well. Yeah, yeah, but we prefer to see him as a Raw player. <laughs> 2014 double winner, I believe. Yep. Started yes. that grand final. Is unfortunately battling cancer. Mm. Now, look, there's not much we can really say beyond we do hope that... Yeah. You know, Liam gets well soon and we can continues. We wish him nothing but the yep. best. That's yeah. right. Like I said, once a Raw player, always a Raw player Absolutely. as far as I'm concerned. Yep. That's right. And now on to the Queensland election, because we oh. all love talking politics. <laughs> Stop Adam. hitting the volume button on your things. <laughs> Why oh. did you put this in the run sheet? It's not teed it up for you to because, hit me out the because it's been how many days since the Socceroos have had a meaningful FFA? Well, I don't have the number a- on me, unfortunately. Oh, Let's just go two and a half thousand. Yeah. It's been, it was a June something 2012. Might be June 19, 2012. Something like that. Anyway, so the Queensland Socceroos fans had this... Po- that was who did it, yes? Yes. Yep. yep. Um, t- you know, asking, will either major party who's yep. going to form government next weekend invest in getting the World Cup soccer is to Queensland? There are no qualifiers this campaign. All games have been in the Do South. Do you want the long answer or the short answer? They're idiots. They're both the same answer. No. Oh. They won't. The politicians, by the yeah. way, not the... Socceroos. We love the Socceroos yeah, right yeah, now. We'll get to them. They're good, they're good guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I think there's something yeah. we're all quite passionate yeah. about where we say give us some damn qualifiers it's not going to happen before the next round of qualifiers I don't think people today thinking oh Brisbane might get the farewell game I mean give me a break no way if they're talking to no Italy way. like the rumours are Melbourne that's only one ground that's going to be played that's the MCG they'll, Any, they'll just play it on Ligon Street <laughs> yeah they should play it on Ligon Street anyone else I think would be at the, the Olympic Stadium in Sydney anyway I think there might only be one home game in Australia next year anyway because there's no qualifiers well so you I think I think Sydney's due a game every year, so I just I think the idea that Brisbane gets the send off game is the no. best case for the Socceroos might be they get a September friendly, which is a bit of a welcome home party almost. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. quite honestly all I can really yeah. think of. And you would have Sydney fighting for that, Perth with the new stadium fighting for that, Adelaide is fighting for that. So there's you would they would. Uh, whoever the new government is, whether it's the current one or a new one, would have to actually actively go out there and bid fully for it. And I don't think either of them have interested, to be honest with you. And yeah, you know what? They're both pretty much the same level yeah. of, you know what? They're both the same level of interest in football, if we're being honest. Well, I was going to say, they're both the same level of uh, fecal matter. And so I'd rather see them, that yeah. might be the deciding factor. Yeah. But they time to make noise about now is the time when, when yeah. they're in election mode. So look, congratulate you now the Queensland Soccerous fans, yeah. you know, group for actually, you know, bringing up and tweeting, and actually tweeting Anastasia Palaszczuk, tweeting Tim Nichols, yeah. sharing it out. Like, in, look, the reality is probably, we probably won't see another Socceroos game for at least two or three years, but yep. they at least need to, this is, it's time to make noise, now's the time. And also as well, also second be, stadium. People also stuff. need to get onto Tourism and Events Queensland on this as well, because they may have a big say in it as well. And weren't they the ones that sort of got in the way of the Thailand game? They, they did. They didn't want, they, they couldn't get their sponsorship on the field or something. Mm, great. Well, yeah, keep pressuring them because, yeah. frankly, we want a Socceroos game here. Yeah, we're sick of seeing them play elsewhere. Yeah. Anyway. As good as the Sydney Stadium is, and we'll get to it, they need to play in Brisbane. They do. 
Well, they are the national team. And look, they did a better job this qualifying campaign getting around did, the country. Yeah. It does exist they above the... They just missed the a place. Yeah. Darwin? Yeah, no, Darwin is dreadfully un- <laughs> And just before we head off, one final point on the Queensland Socceroos fans. You should give them a lot of credit for their efforts organising the get-together for the last two Absolutely. nights. All right, so that's going to be it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. I need a coffee. We'll be back in a little while. <laughs> You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. It is a good morning. Uh, you know, it's a it's a relief for for many, but um, it's exciting as well. Four consecutive World Cups. Uh, when I was coming through, we were struggling to make a World Cup. So now it's uh, everyone feels like you, it's a given, but it's not. It's hard work, and the boys had to work extremely hard over a long period. I think it's the most games anyone's played to qualify for a World Cup and uh, they deserve it, they're there and it's a massive boost again for Australian football. It was the biggest game for the Socceroos since the Asian Cup final as they took on Honduras with a place in world sports, biggest stage on the line. (laughs) (laughs) The Socceroos made the World Cup. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, you can take your hands off your ears now. (laughs) A bit louder than we thought. (laughs) Yeah. That sounded like the Peruvian fans earlier today. <laughs> public holiday there, by the yeah. way. Yeah, where's our public holiday? Yeah. Hey, yeah, I think that should be Prime Minister Mike's first act. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into yeah. the Socceroos discussion talking about what was a monumental night in Sydney. But before that monumental night in Sydney, there was a interesting Saturday morning yeah. in San Pedro Sula as the Socceroos took on Honduras in the first leg of their World Cup qualification. Nil-nil draw, heavy pitch, very, very raucous crowd. Yeah. But you know what? Once the Socceroos got into that game in about 10, 15 minutes... They quietened down a lot, didn't they? Yep. There was... Like, that atmosphere really died down. Mm. Unfortunately, those idiots still had Vuvuzelas. Oh, no, yeah. no way. Went to after South Africa. Exactly, they were in, they were in the South African World Cup as well. I never know who bought them all. Still not as irritating as hearing Seven Nation Army after every goal at, <laughs> I don't know, at, at France Euro 2016. It, it's getting there though. <sighs> this was a good away performance though, from the soccer yep. is interesting. I mean, look, away from home in all those conditions, it was a really good professional away performance. I'm sure Ange would have been delighted with it, with a clean sheet if nothing else. That's right. It was. And yeah, it was an excellent away showing, like very mature, I thought. Like yeah. some of those times where you might have seen them lose their composure, and frankly, it was all down to me for one man, Mille Jednak, giving that calming influence in the centre yeah. of the park, which. That's Captain and Future Prime Minister Mike Jednak. Your Highness, TV. all of that. <laughs> yep. But it does come back to what. Like, what, what an impact he has when he's playing for the Socceroos, yeah. which, as much as we love Mark Milligan, Aaron Moy, and all of that, when they're playing for the Socceroos, not victory. Mm-hmm. It does sort of show what they can do with that stable head up front. Look, I think it actually, you know, the, the three at the back sort of formation is was much maligned and all that. And I think it just proves that, you know, when Miller Yednak is playing a fit mm. and playing that screening role, three at the back actually does work. Yeah. I think, And I think that was the missing link to all the times where we were sort of thinking, why is Ange persisting with this, yeah. with this formation? But with, with Yednak screening those back three, it, it works. The interesting thing is, there was a lot of question marks of, is Miller like even in our best 11 anymore? I think he's proven those, these two games, he absolutely is. As long as he's got two working legs, yeah. yes. Yeah. And that beard. 
Yeah. Yeah, that, the, beard's what, the beard's what makes it work. And then, so we won't spend too much time on Saturday morning because no. it's kind of been and done. Yeah. Uh, the million-dollar Qantas charter flight back. So I will say, Mr. Andrews was delighted. He might not have been so delighted with Tommy Urich. I think he might have wanted to strangle him after he missed that chance. But I think anyway. half Australia got up in the, that <laughs> in the morning and strangled Tommy Urich. Yeah. That just might have been because I was buzzing from the triple shot coffee I had <laughs> to get to work in the morning. Um, yeah. A little bit too much made of the charter flight in my mind. There like, is, but yeah. it, the thing about although, it Although, to be fair, when they're wearing those goggles, you can't help but... The goggles were ridiculous, but a lot has been made of this, I mean, with the FFA wasting money. I mean, apparently... Oh, these are, this is from Adam Peacock. Apparently, it would have cost about between like five and $600,000 for first-class flights from San Pedro Sula to Sydney, if you go commercial. They got they got a FIFA grant of about one hundred and fifty grand, so they spent... About two hundred fifty thousand dollars more to get the charter flight. I don't know about you, but I would be angry if they didn't do that. Mm. For the I, advantages I be... that gives you, and it was clear last night, it gave them a huge advantage. Oh, it's at... money well spent. It's, it is. I, I very rarely sort of you know go sort of step foot in these code wars, but you got to remember that a lot of this criticism are from ignorant people down in Melbourne in the AFL if, bubble. Who if are, AFL had an international, they'd do it too. Or the NSL dinosaurs that still yeah. want. Yeah, you know everything yeah. being funneled back to yeah. their clubs. Exactly. Look, at the end of the day, you know what? You're right. I'd be more angry if that option was there and they didn't take it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the World Cup means so it's much a more. Method. And it means so much yeah. more to Australian football in general. Not yeah. the Socceroos, not the, not the you know 23 players yeah. and coaches stuff. It means more yeah. to this country and the sport that we get to a World Cup. So if we have to spend a million dollars to make. Fifteen million, which is yeah. what the prize money was yeah. at the end of the day, to, to even make yeah. it. Then you know what? Good on it's them. Well, that's just a sound investment. It is. They it's did true. it with Uruguay. They did it with the Syria game last month. Peru did it last week as well, and it worked quite well for them as well. It's proven it works. Yeah, exactly. No, I, 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 I totally, I totally dismiss this whole. Oh, they were doing to show up the Hondurans. No. I'll tell you what. You know what? It is. It is what it is. You know what? You, in, they that would have 1%. done this if it was America or Trinidad or any of them. I mean, they probably wouldn't have yeah. flown with their middle fingers out the window of the plane. But, <laughs> but uh, with the criticism from Melbourne, if AFL had any meaningful internationals, they'd probably do oh, the same thing too. But look, they can't I, find anyone else to but, play that silly game. So, But you know what? Like, That's what happens when you're playing on a global scale. Yeah. Like, You've got to give yourself every advantage possible. Yeah. And it worked out. Yeah. So good on them. And it all led to last night at Stadium Australia in Sydney, not ANZ because of the <laughs> AFC <laughs> sponsorship <laughs> deals. <laughs> But, don't worry, Adam, that was just a TV making a weird cracking noise. Oh, okay. We should get that looked into. You should. But, nil-nil at half-time. Cagey yeah. first half, but a heavily changed Socceroos squad, though. Yeah. Like, really came out and, I thought, held their own. Like, you had, was it Milligan in for Jackson Irvine? Yep. Leckie was in for, um, what's his face? Josh Risden. Risden, yep. Tim Cahill and his ankle Urich. in for Urich. Yep. And, what? Someone else wasn't there. Uh, Milligan in at for... Rogic. Oh, Rogic oh, in Rogic, for... Sorry, um, yeah. Who was he in for? Oh, Luongo. Luongo. Yeah. But all of those on their own were changes you could have very easily seen coming. Yeah. But I was a little surprised to see four. Or, yeah. yeah, four changes. Four changes. Going in from that last leg, but... Especially considering they played so well, but those fresh legs really paid off. They did. I mean, the first half, Matt Leckie never saw the ball. That was the, that was one of the reasons why they... St- it was a stagnant first half. It was too slow, and the ball never got to the right-hand side. I mean, he was out there. I don't think he touched it, did he? 
I don't think if so. If he did, it wasn't very often because he was isolated out there. He never got the ball. Although they did have some good dividends coming yeah. in from the left. Yeah, the left was working well. And so. even when Tim Cahill came out to add that extra yeah. man out there, like, kind of, you know, took away his crossing ability when the person he would cross to was <laughs> the one on the ball. Yeah. But that being said, it, you know, it was a good effort. Yeah. And then after half time, the party started. Oh, yeah. Look, you know, it, to, to be honest, it was a fairly. Um, I wouldn't say poor, but it wasn't one of the better free... Well, actually, hey, no, Yednak, actually... It, you be careful um, what you say about our great captain. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But, but it, it wasn't... I guess it was one of the more incidental ones where, you know, it was a lucky deflection, but you know what? Again, you're going to take them. And to set that up, though, Tom Rogic, I thought he was a bit up and down in that game, but when he got that ball yeah. and just said, no, nah, screw it, I'm going at the yeah. goal, yep. that's where you saw what I feel is his biggest strength is just his best, wasn't it? those powerful runs just going forward going no 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 bugger off defenders yeah. and it led to a foul right on the edge of the box and I if the man Mo- is goal AFC come on match commissioners please yes well that was actually what I was going to ask <laughs> own goal or Yednak goal please oh, I'm saying Yednak goal but no we, give the know, man, we do give not the man the match the ball is. damn it I believe the, well I don't think you're getting it off him <laughs> yeah. now would you want to try and ask <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but yeah for me that goal I, it just depends. Was the shot on target? And I'm not 100% sure yeah. it was, but... That is the letter of the rule, obviously. If it's deflected yeah. and the ball is off target, it's an own goal. That's right. But we'll give uh, Yednak the credit for his first goal. Then there was a penalty for a handball, which, according to the Honduras captain, Minor Figaro, the referee was paid to award. <laughs> yes, of course he was. Yeah. Being very rational yep. people there. Yeah, yeah. Despite, the, yeah, despite the fact that the arm was out in an unnatural position, yeah. you know, and all that. But, oh, look, you know, it, to me, it was, a, it was a clear penalty. Referee was in perfect position, you know. I think Honduras really ran out of legs in the second yeah. half as well, and that's where the charter flight we were talking about played such a huge advantage for the Socceroos. Mm. And getting that second goal, though, that was so big because even at 1-0, yeah. you started to think, oh, you have no margin for error here. If you give up a goal, yeah. that's going to be the end of it. Well, it changed nothing for Honduras, really, is it? The no. first goal. Like, if they get, they get one goal, they're off to the World yeah. Cup. But uh, I don't think they really had a good chance between the first and second goal, did they? Matt Ryan wasn't really tested for no, most of the night. Oh, look, I, I, there was a stat at one point that was saying that they had one shot and goal, and I failed to remember what when that was. So the Hondurans, attacking-wise, they just they didn't have much at no. all. I can, they, and we know they've got some good, good talent. You know, yeah. um, Albert Ellis was, was pretty good for he them. He was decent, but, yeah. But yeah, other than that, um, there really wasn't much. Although, looking at his temperament, it was very, very hard to see why he picked up so many yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't suspended. quite work it out, can you? <laughs> but, and then, obviously, there was a third penalty there, which was oh, a blatant penalty. Yeah. <laughs> where I think it was very likely that it happened now, not 12 months ago, because if it was 12 months ago, it would have been a red card. Yeah, probably could have been mm. a red card anyway. Well, because I think they still even have the provision of, yeah. if it's a blatantly cynical foul, you're stuffed. Mm. But it wasn't. Uh, yellow that, card. Was, that was the goal that really sells yep. it once and for all. Because even at 2 0, there were a lot of people who were still a bit worried about I've been watching the highlights a lot today. Yep. And you notice that first goal, it was very, all right, that's good, come on. Yep. Second goal, that's better. Third goal, like was, just when Yednak yep. ran past it and just yelled, yep. that was yep. what you were really wanting that, to that see. That was the ball game right there. Yep. And yeah, then the party started. There was a late goal, which. 
might have meant something to some people. Not it meant plenty to me. I was more than annoyed at that because I was doing the updates for our social media. And I, had the, <laughs> I had the full-time post ready to go, so I had to quickly go and get rid of that. And then we had a, Thankfully, oh, it was Ellis who scored. It was an easy name to spell, but... <laughs> Well, what was, than, thanks for that, soccer. That was yeah, great. I, I think a few punters might have been. Cause yeah. they, a lot of people were talking 3 0, 4 0. Well, that was, that, I so. think, Daniel Garb's prediction before the game. I actually said, I think in my preview for work, I said the Socceroos were going to win, but not, but not to nil. And. I only found that I only found that out this afternoon when someone at work actually pointed it out to me. Well, that the Honduras actually scored. Did you realise? No, that I, that was what my pick was. <laughs> but it was all good. The Socceroos are off to Russia. Yeah, but it should never be taken for granted either qualification no. for the World Cup. Well, that goes back to. I am going to go a little bit negative here. That goes back to the dumbasses that have been yeah. saying for the last twelve months. Oh, we don't deserve to go to the World Cup because we might not be playing pretty football. Get over it. Like again, you I go can back think of to a few countries who will swap with Australia. Yeah, we well, go back to yeah. guys like uh, was it Tony Vidmar who missed the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Paul Ocon even. Yeah, there's, like, there's, yeah. there's probably two generations of Socceroos that unfortunately we don't know much about, or even guys we see on our on our um, screens today, like yeah. like a Mark Bosnich, like a you know yeah. a Robbie Slater, Andy Harper, all those guys who who play for Socceroos never got that opportunity. No. And then you've got people out there saying it's as if it's a given or yeah. we or the we do not deserve. Yeah. That is absolute garbage. You get like what said, you deserve. If you yep. qualify, you deserve to. It is exactly. a results-based industry yep. and the re- Socceroos got the results to qualify. Obviously, it would have been nice if they got the results to qualify directly, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not complaining Look, that the, they got there at the, the end. At the end of the day, being in Russia... In June, July next year, you are on the big, you're on the world stage, and you know what? If we go out three and out, it doesn't matter. It's the journey, and get, and then getting there is half of it. And following on from that, like there are a lot of complaints about a broken system that's keeping teams like Italy, Chile, the Netherlands out of the World Cup. Is are we sure that those teams aren't just broken themselves? Yeah, we'll get well, to them. Exactly. I'll like, get, to, yeah. get to Italy yeah. in a minute. Yeah. Oh, and other not so big teams like the USA. <laughs> But, yeah, I feel safe laughing at them now that we've qualified. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Was it Tuesday morning when Italy didn't qualify and I saw everyone going, you know, put your Latina pasta out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just in there going, nope, I am not getting in on that. No. I am steering well clear. I am waiting until Wednesday at yeah. hopefully like 9 o'clock. Yeah. Then I'll have a some certain fun. Facebook page that I actually do enjoy some of the time. I really put their chin out, so I think they'd be very, very satisfied <laughs> that Australia got through. Otherwise, they would have copped it. But the discussion doesn't stop there. No. In fact, we've got a lot to talk about. Most notably, Ange Postacoglu will he stay on as Socceroos coach? We're all actually in a little bit of a different boat here, and that's a bit of a rarity. I think that if the decision is left to him, he will stay. For me, like. I honestly think the guy just needs a bit of a nap because you look at that interview he gave last night, he just looked absolutely exhausted. Like, he had more energy after the Raw won the second grand final, but it just... Some of the comments we got from him was so telling where he said, you know, my skin isn't as thick as a lot of people say. And it does seem like the drain of the last 12 months especially has really worn on him. And I honestly think that all things considered, he would like to go to the World Cup with Australia. Look, and I'm actually on the other side of the fence. I think the uh, two things. The interview did Daniel Garb after the game was very telling because he could have given... If he was going to the World Cup, he had intent to go, you would have thought he would have given more than the cliched, oh, I'll speak to, speak to the people on it, which means he is 
if he's not gone, as in he's already signed, there's the rumours of the Rangers gig and all that. I think for him as well, it, it's it's one thing to take that risk of going to a World Cup, you know, over over having a stage job now. Because we know he wants to get into club management. And whether he whether he gambles by going to the World Cup, maybe seeing soccer as go well, putting himself in the shop window then, or going now. And that's, I think that's way ahead of him. But the other thing as well is the emotion he put out last night. I've seen that twice before. Yep. That was when he left when he left for when he left for the Raw, and also when he actually left for the national team job eventually, where he's actually shown that sort of emotion, which leads me to believe I think he's gone. But you know what? I hope he stays. But I actually think that the rise on the wall. Scott, you're on the fence yeah. with this a little bit. He also showed it at the Asian Cup as well. So that's, that's another thing. Yeah. But I am on the. Th- I've. Ange Postecoglou never does anything without a plan, and I thought his press conference, oh, his interview with Daniel Garb was calculated. He sent a very clear message that there's something at the FFA that he's not happy with, and I think that's where the issue is. There's a problem there that he's not happy with, and if that, whatever it is, whether it's the current Congress issues or whatever, if that issue is resolved, he would be more than happy to stay and go to the World Cup. If it's not, I think he's prepared to go. Yep, just go now. Yeah, I personally yeah. hope he stays because I don't think he's put a foot wrong in this World Cup qualifying campaign. I don't, he I don't changed the system when it was there any... more needed because he got no fullbacks. I'm fine with him changing the system. Yeah, I, I would think... like there are certain yeah. team selection issues that oh it's selection but issues. But I think on the if... whole, he's barely put a foot wrong. I think he's been brilliant for the national team, and I hope he finishes the job through to Russia because I think if he's there, we've got a good chance of doing something in this World Cup. Well, I think that's one thing we all can agree on that mm. the guy that's been with them for the last I don't know yeah. six. Or was it five years now? Four, four years, years four almost years. till a week. And you think about where the team was when he took over yep. to where it is now. With is Lucas Neal telling fans in the stands to go F off. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, I. that is honestly the big reason why I wanted to stay is because he set out with a project and as you said, he doesn't do anything hmm. without exactly. a plan. So shouldn't he be able to get... Like, he must have something in mind, surely. And frankly, like, I don't think there's anyone better... There's uh, not. That can come in and... Not that they could actually get, because you would be looking at an Australian coach. I mean, people will say who's hitting. I mean, go look at his international record. His last job was with the Netherlands. They didn't. They didn't. He they couldn't get him to the Euros. So. Didn't he leave that after a year? Yeah, he was didn't get couldn't get him to the Euros basically. But this is, this, this thing as well. So like, I know it's not as as emphasised in international football as club football. But this is, I think we will say this is Ange Postecoglou's team. This is the team that he's moulded for last yeah. year. Four years, when we've gone, you know, covered two hundred something thousand kilometres around the around you know this region to qualify for. It, it just for me, it just seems a darn shame yeah. for him to walk away now. Unless, of course, there is something else driving him, be it further employment prospects or trouble with the governing body, who you know the clock is ticking on them, as, yeah. as you allude to. So I, I feel so. I don't think there is anyone else that could adequately replace him right now. And you can throw all the big names up. But this is still Ange Postecoglou's team. Yeah. Mm. Someone else comes in and they play a very different way. Yep. Which uh, is which may or may not work out well. Well, you know, Arsene Wenger said he was open to an international Yeah, but we don't want job. Arsene Wenger for this because everyone's making it like, oh, he finished fourth, it'd be great, but no. Finished fourth in the World Cup, no, I'll no, take no, that. No, that's not what he do, though, because we know what he does in the Champions League. He stumbles through the group, then he draws a big gun and gets smashed. So that's what's going to happen. Look forward to it in the Europa League. What Europa League? Exactly. <laughs> You've got plenty to look forward to, don't worry. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Yeah, all right. So we're going to quickly just mention Tim Cahill had a pretty pointed comment at Warren Joyce saying, play me or I'm out. Yeah, I uh, don't know where you'd go anyway. Yep. Um, yeah, we can touch on that another seems, week. Seems, seems a valid threat at best. Yeah. Yep. I did like the Fox 
kind of jokes with Aloisi. Oh, you can sign him. He's over 30. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Not sure Don Aloisi quite well, liked it, but... A quick, quick straw pile. Would you, would you have Tim Cahill at Brisbane? Hell yeah. Why not? Like, it's solved. Right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, take the age out of the equation. He's still performing. Yeah. Like, maybe not... What We're not really seeing him score week after week, but that also might come down to minutes. And the fact... Uh, Adam, you're an Everton fan. You'd probably know this more than anyone else. He didn't score every week in the Premier League, did he? No, he didn't. But he, but he, but the thing is, well, at Everton as well, he all, he did enough to make the team around him better as well. When he when he played, they were always better. Like they didn't win every game. You know, like I said, there was a few lean lean seasons there. But you know what? You, you get what you get with Tim Cahill. They're not yeah. great, so maybe he'll go back to Everton. They're not going too well. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to make I any jokes take, right now. We'll take anyone at the moment. <laughs> All right, so the Socceroos, they've been placed in pot four for the World Cup draw, which is Saturday, December 2nd at, I believe, 1 or 2 a.m. Brisbane time. Something like that. Yeah, get the coffee ready. Um, uh, just looking at it quickly because we are running yeah. quite long on this segment. Uh, There's some I interesting did... options here. I mean, the worst case scenario would be probably Germany or Brazil. Then you've got Spain and Costa Rica. That would be the worst case scenario. The best are going to be Poland, Peru, sorry, New Zealand and Iceland. If you could get that group, you'd be laughing. Yeah. Knowing the way we get luck with the Socceroos draws, it'd be more the former. It'll be yeah, it'll be Germany, Spain, Denmark, and yeah, <laughs> and they'll still somehow no, find a way to well, get. No, it can't be Denmark. Can you have two Europeans? Yeah. You know what I mean, though. I I will Step say if joke. we can have a preference of teams, I'd love to play England or Uruguay. Just oh, the the, oh, the drama and the draw of those oh. two games would be amazing. I I'm just looking at this right now. I'd say. From pot A, I'd love to see Belgium. Just like I don't know if we could deal Belgium, with them Belgium. Belgium, the things I think they actually might be a little vulnerable there. Like, Belgium, I think, on, will beat us by four or on paper. They, I think they've got a great team. I think on paper, the, the names there, I think great. But I question a little bit. You know, when the pressure's on, and we saw this at the Euros. You know, as, as a team, you know how how they go. But they did get knocked over in penalties. So pot two, I would probably say maybe Mexico. Just Switzerland or Peru for me. Switzerland would be good, yeah. Switzerland aren't that good. Who wears who wears a clash strip though? Yeah. No, who cares? <laughs> All right, then we've got pot three. Any of, them. any of them, I'd be happy to take because they're uh, except for Iran, which obviously no, we, we can't. I'll take, I'd love Tunisia or Egypt actually. Yeah, actually. I don't, oh, they played Ghana yeah. in twenty ten, but that's about it. Well, Honestly, I think the big thing we can all hope for out of this World Cup yeah. draw is that we don't wind up in the group of death for once. Well, whoever's got Spain in their group is going to have the group of death, basically. Because if it's like Spain and any of Germany, Brazil, Argentina, Portugal, whatever... That's they're the two spots. And look, yeah. I think the obvious thing as well is that if you look at science scene, you're thinking, oh, that pot A, oh, we have to be in Russia's group to be anything. But you know what? You also don't want to draw them... In the opening match yeah. of the game, because like I said, they they'll be amped up yeah. for the match. That's a game you, you probably we do were, not want to be. We were apart. talking about this before we turned the mics mm. on. You don't want to play Russia first mm. or last if you yep. get them. You want them second if but you that, draw. That would be that would be the obvious one. That you know, if we could draw anyone in that pot A, in pot one, that would be, be Russia. But I'll tell you what, only if you get them in the second game. Mm. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. But before we uh, finish up, we do need to say commiserations to New Zealand, who yep. unfortunately went down to Peru 2-0 on aggregate. Staining and unlucky on the bench both games. Yep. And I'll get a laugh at Italy. What a shame. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh. It's unfortunate for Buffon, because he's such a legend, but yeah. he should go on a better note, but the rest of them were dreadful. Look, I, for me, for me, Italian football's had this coming yeah. for a while, and look, I, I agree, I'm a big fan of 
of Buffon. You know, I think it's a darn shame. The best keeper of but our generation. Italy have finally been caught, you know, just taking qualifying so lax, and they finally got caught doing yeah. it. So, yeah. unfortunately, it's the first time in 60 years. And I wouldn't want to be that coach for anything either. He's gone. He's been sacked. I wouldn't want to be him anyway, just <laughs> living in Italy. Sack might be the least of his worries. All right. I did want to do the joke of the aggregate score with the IKEA logo vertically. <laughs> <and the pizza. laughs> uh, All right. So, that'll be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. Go celebrate. Have some fun. The Socceroos are off to Russia. We'll be back after this. Socceroos. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. We're here to preview the Raw's game against City. But before we do that, Scott, we've got some yes. plugs to get through. Yeah, I've been told I have to slow down when I read these as well. So it's Facebook, Brisbane Football Review. Twitter is at Raw Review. Our podcast is available on Wooshka and iTunes. Email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. And if you feel like talking to James after the game, he's at the Northern Plaza. Please. Please yeah, come. He's desperate for people to go and talk to him. Of course. I love talking. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have my, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't host this. Anyway. No, we look forward to people coming down and talk to us at the fair. Oh, yeah. And the important thing to remember is we try to have fun. I'm yeah. not trying to make anyone look like an idiot except for myself. <laughs> That's right. a challenge. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Royal playing Melbourne City, 6.50 Queensland time. So, only a 24-hour turnaround from recording to kick yeah. off. So, yeah, have listening to this in time. You've got a uh, record against City, eight wins, nine losses, five draws. But at Suncorp, it's actually a pretty good record. Yeah. Seven wins, two losses, two draws. And last season, they had a pretty big win against City, if I remember correctly. They did, actually. It was, um, was it the McLaren breaking his drought game? I think so. It was round yeah. five, a yeah. 1-0-1, where they just yeah. shut City yeah. down. Very good yeah. defensive yeah. performance. But the squad... Is act- oh, actually, I should probably mention the round one game, Melbourne City 2, Brisbane 0, anyway. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it happened, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, so we've got uh, squads out, as uh, listed from last week, with three additions. Ben Calfler is back in, Mitch Oxborough is back, yep. and Aaron Reardon is back. Now, yes. would he be in line for a potential debut if he's a I part of... I reckon he just might be on the bench as an option, defensively, but I don't reckon he'll be starting. I think Jacob Pepper's performance last week will mean he'll be back in things. So Aaron Reed will have to wait for his chance. Well, he might still get it anyway. He might. Um, then midfielders, obviously, they list the wingers as attackers, so it does look a little bit light on. But uh, you got Holman, Oxborough, Matt Mackay, Coletti and Adam Sawyer. And then... Well done to Adam Sawyer making his debut as well, by the way. Yeah, should mention that. And then unavailable, half the squad. Uh, you got <laughs> yeah. Mike, D- Mike Theo two to four weeks with a finger injury. Daningham, international duty. That's going to be a long flight back for him. Yeah, I... Wouldn't want to be him on that flight, no. No. Well, just... Good experience for him, but... Oh, yeah, the jet lag, though, would have just been... And also, he can hold that over his brother. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, uh, Luke Devere, he's obviously out for 2017. Daniel Bowles, he's listed as 2B confirmed on the website, but we be interested to see like how close he actually is because he did yeah. it in February, so we're getting to that nine-month point. He should be back close to in training, you'd think, anyway, but then they've got to build him up. So. Yeah. And l- as much as you want to bring back another recognised defender, you don't really want to rush anyone. No, you don't want him to go down again. Uh, Corey Brown and Thomas Christensen are both out with hamstrings. Jade North has done his groin, and as we mentioned, Shannon Brady broken foot. Yeah. And also, no, no, Ivan Franic in the um, squad either, so yeah. I think he'll be another week away. 
Yep. Uh, then uh, round one, what were the lessons to take away from that game? Uh, we weren't fit or ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest. Yep. No, no, that's... I can't argue with yep. that. They were very flat, but... Yep. They oh, need look, to do better. Look, to be honest, I think in round one, if we remember, it was, with the exception of the two Bruce Kamau goals, there was really flat performance for both teams. Yeah. So you, you'd hope that you know both teams are, are you know, going to be a bit higher level of yeah. performance than in yeah. round one. And there were chances there both were, ways as well. Like You've got to remember that Macaroni, I think, played in... Dagostino. It was either Dagostino, was Dagostino who rifled the shot into yeah. the side of the net. Now, if that goes in the other side, yeah. totally different story. So... This game will just come down to whether or not the rule can bury the chances that they create. They should be better off than they were back then. I think so should City, but I think it's going to be a really tight game. The Roar are building to something, though. With their performances, you can see they're building to something. Will it be this week? Mm, I don't know. It's going to be a tough... It's going to be a tough out. Like, it's... (laughs) I don't want to go so far as to to say that it's a must-win game, but... It is. Yeah. Yeah. Look, perform, perform, the performance is improving, but without that that win in the win column, you get, you're going to get criticism, and it's just and it's getting to the point where it's not going to be good enough. I'm just going back to the Socceroos last night, they talked to Michael Thwaite before the game. He says the draws in the A League that kill you. So yeah, well, kind of true. Well, you sort of look at it and think that, like, if you go for the draw, then like if you go for a win and a successful one out of three times, you've made up the points. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, they need to win. It, like, and you know, I think we can say for everyone that like they're obviously still very aware of that at Ballymore, but I don't know. It, it's just frustrating for me. It is. Oh, look, it is. And that, and then in the day, you know, like I said, you want to hope that for all, like I said, it's nothing to show for. And that's what the problem is at the moment. Is that as we, as we said earlier, do you look at the half glass full approach of we well, look we're unbeaten in three, or do you look at the half glass empty in that we are winless in ten? Mm. Mm. All right. So it's good to see some of the young players again, though. Well, that was actually what I was going to come back to. Which young players would you like to see come in? I think Connor to the left back would be good to see again. Um, yep. I think um, Brett Holman looked really hungry off the bench. I think he'll be back in from the start. He's not a young player, but I think he'll be back in. Well, well some of the audio that yeah. we were listening to from that press conference, actually, he was saying he's not too sure if yeah. he's going to start again. And at, with the interrupted preseason, I was saying, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see him come off the bench again. Yeah, f- actually, for mine, I actually think that should go unchanged. The, the staying lineup that started yeah. you know, against the victory last Saturday night, yeah. I think at least you know should, should get another opportunity. Be a good idea. The only thing I would consider would be Oxborough in for uh, central midfield for Coletti. Possibly, I thought Coletti had his be- one of his better mm. games this year. True, yep. but it's interesting where Oxborough comes in. Mm. And up front, obviously, bortiak has got to play. And yeah, I would probably actually try and find and a way. Brendan White up front, right? Brendan White up front. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. All right. So I think we've stretched out this preview yeah. for as much so as we just can. One more, oh, one no, more, one more thing as well. I think we've also felt to mention, so both in the review and in this preview, about how good is Jamie Young going at the moment? That's right. Yes, that actually that does deserve all. a You're lot right. of credit. Yeah. Like, yeah. He had that fantastic save last week. And yeah. I think this is actually probably, the, in his whole time with the Raw, this is the most comfortable I've felt with him between yep. the sticks. We have Absolutely. talked about performances dictate selection. At the moment, you wouldn't, you wouldn't drop him. Yeah, and as much as I love Michael Theo, if Jamie Young... <coughs> excuse me, I'm just choking on my own words yeah. here. Uh, if Jamie Young was to hold this starting yeah. spot going forward, I couldn't really argue against that. Not if he keeps this former. No, exactly. No, exactly. All right, so other games this weekend. 
You've got uh, in about 20 minutes from now, Central Coast against Adelaide United. Cool. I think the Mariners might continue yeah, on there. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, to be confirmed for Saturday afternoon, Western Sydney against Wellington. It's off. Yeah. It's off? It's yeah. off. Officially off. Yeah, We've just off. had this breaking yeah, news Kogo happen. Rock did, did a pitch inspection himself. So it's yeah, I don't know. Chief I... of the A-League says <laughs> it's no good. It's no good. Noted horticulturalist, Gregor Rock. <laughs> yeah. So no word yet on when the game's yeah. going to it's, be. It's funny that the replay. same, that yet uh, yeah. the same excuses seem to be rolled out for Suncorp and not yeah. really catching traction here with Spotless. That's the thing. Suncorp would be lynched for that. But also, this is the first time that FA's done Wellington a favour ever, I think. Yeah. With the fact the All Whites sort of be on the plane back tomorrow, wouldn't be playing. So. And look, not to get too snarky here, but. Considering some of the pitches they've passed, has a sinkhole opened up in the centre circle? <laughs> yeah. I'd be, uh, I think it'd be a lot worse than what you're saying. I... Speaking of, Wellington, why don't they just get the green paint they used in Auckland a couple of years ago when they played <laughs> Melbourne Victory? Exactly. Oh dear. All right, now one HC have got to be happy that they've got the easily the game of the round yeah. with Sydney FC and the Newcastle Jets. Poor, this is this is a big game. This, now, I think, I think Sydney losing last week, I think is, yeah, I think it's dented the ego a little bit. Whereas Newcastle, easily the best team in the league at the moment. Yeah, Sydney's going to be primed for this, and it'll be a really good test of exactly where Newcastle are at. Because if they can win this game, maybe it's time to start considering them as genuine title favourites or contenders. And you know what? That Sydney defence just... I'm not too, I'm not 100% sold on it right now, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets take an early lead. And then finally, Sunday, 6pm, Perth playing at home, as always, this time against yeah. Melbourne Victory. Jeez, the victory need a win. They need a big win. They and do, and Perth are so inconsistent. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to do? They're well, better at home, but I will say Perth them. at home. I I can't back yeah. against them there. Yeah. But we are going to finish off with our raw predictions. I'm going two-two draw. I'm going one all. Yeah, I'm going one all too. <laughs> I had to get in before Adam on that one. <laughs> one all was my specialty. Oh, I can share, share <laughs> the points this week. Yes, well, Adam's still yet to get his tip right on this. <laughs> oh, here we go. Scott got one last week with Did his. I? <laughs> yeah, we really remember this stuff. And I'm 0 for 2 in the last two hey, weeks. Hang on, did, when, when I was away, how, how did Ange go with her tip? Uh, did, what game did she pick for you? Was it Central uh, Coast? Yeah. Uh, she picked 2-1 win for the Raw. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to get Angela... I tried to get on the board. <laughs> we tried to get Angela to, to stitch you I said up. I suggested 8-5. So. Yeah. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this, you know, I'm still, I'd say, quite jovial edition yeah, of the show. Absolutely. Scott, Adam... Yep. Yes, thank you, Scott. Still worrying about the soccer is it's good. That's right. All right. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back next Wednesday to talk about the City game and to congratulate Tamika Butter on 100 games once again. All right. We'll talk to everyone later.